Hello and welcome to another edition of Retrospection. In this episode, we're crashing through windows, falling from planes and speeding down a freeway, or we're sitting on our asses as we watch The Fall Guy, an American TV series that ran from 1981 to 1986. My name's Colin. Just give me the Reader's Digest version. I vote for the second option in that list, though, Colin. The second one? The second one was falling from planes. Oh, no, I meant the latter one. The last one. <laughs> oh, the last one. Oh, okay. Sit it on my ass. I'm good at that. <laughs> oh, and my name's Paul, and if you think you feel bad this morning, you want to try making a smile through this face of mine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Like a puckered... Oh, never mind. <laughs> a bit personal, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> IMDB says this follows the adventures of a film stuntman who moonlights as a bounty hunter when movie work is slow. Which, for once, is bang on the money. Yeah, yeah, you, I mean, you can't argue with that. They got it right, for a change. Yeah, although I have an image of him wandering a desert island looking for a coconut-filled chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, that's a very specific English joke there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am a very specific <laughs> English bloke. Who does a very specific English joke? Is that what's going to be on your biography? <laughs> or on my tombstone? <laughs> he wants what? That's weird. Now, Lee Majors, he, he, he did start his career out hanging out with stuntmen, didn't he? Although that sounds a bit strange the way I've put that. but Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they, I'm sure he's allowed to hang out. I mean, he just turn up. Yeah, he wasn't just cra- gate crashing. <laughs> but he's it, come through the window. Well, he, that, would, that would be accurate, wouldn't it? You know, appropriate. He, he did spend some time being one, though, didn't he? And so I, I did read that he makes sure that real stuntmen got plenty of work on this show, which makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The full guy generally stars Lee Majors as Colt Seavers, Douglas Burr as Howie Munson, Heather Thomas as Jodie Banks, and Joe Ann Flug as Samantha Big Jack Jack. And the show was created by Glenn A. Larson. Wasn't there a movie that was about a stuntman? Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, quite possibly. Are you yeah. saying that uh, Glenn A. Larson has uh, pinched it? I think so. I mean, we we he's well known to us as Glenn A. Larson, isn't he? We we he we've is, had discussions true. about him before. We have, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talking about discussions, we have to talk about the theme music for this show. It's by Stu Phillips, and it's sung by Lee Majors, and it's pretty much the catchiest, greatest theme tune ever written. Once heard, it's locked in there. I don't know about that because. I always get this one mixed up with the theme tune to the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, two old boys doing that's, no harm. That's the one, yeah. Except reckless driving. Well, yeah, that's although there's a bit of reckless driving in this. There is. So, uh, yeah, that doesn't happen to me. But there is another song that that happens to. You know Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? Oh, yeah. Yeah, do do the line, that Goodbye Yellow Brick. Sing yeah. it. In your, go on, yeah. sing it. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. it. Out loud. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Hot sausage and mustard. Wow, we're in the mood. Cold <laughs> jelly and custard. Every time. <laughs> Every time it just switches to food, glorious food. I'm not going to be able to listen to that. That's one of my favourite songs as well. I'm not going to be able to listen to that anymore, though, without hearing that in my head. <laughs> Ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, cheers for that, Colin. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It does, though, doesn't it? It really does, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's never occurred to me before, but... Oh, well. 
So throughout the Fall Guys run, it had a number of cameo and guest star roles and includes James Coburn, Doug McClure, Farrah Fawcett, Dick Duroc, David Carradine, David Hedison, Lou Ferrigno, Melody Anderson, Anne Lockhart, Metal Mickey, Heather Locklear, Roy Rogers, pretty much everybody. Uh, One uh, of those <laughs> may not be true. Was it Roy Rogers? Yeah, that's true. Was Trigger yeah. in there as well? Trigger's been in it, yes, yes. I, I pretty much, I assume he was at the same time as Roy Rogers and didn't guest star on his own. <laughs> that would have been weird, wouldn't it? I, I'm, it would, yeah. I'm assuming it wasn't the Trigger, it was a Trigger. Now, I don't know whether, was there always just one Trigger or was oh, there many Triggers? I would imagine the original Trigger was glue by this point, wasn't he? The, the, the original Trigger, somebody had pulled the Trigger on him? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> It'd be easier to list who hadn't been in this series, right? It would, it would. Um, one of the people that you mentioned, Farrah Fawcett, is, uh, is a weird cameo, isn't it? That's in this, ep- in this episode, but we'll talk about it when we get there, I'd imagine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one thing, Fall Guy has been royally shafted on DVD, with only the first two seasons released, and the music that's used in the episodes is pretty much all replaced. Oh no, was it some sort of license thing then, do you think? Yes, it is. Yeah. Including one major uh, change in music that we'll see later in this episode and visually see it too. Visually? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a big moment. Yeah. Oh, you'll have to point that out to me when we get there then because I didn't see that. Wait. You didn't see it? No. But, but it's, it's. Wait, did you watch this episode? Um, yeah, pretty. Yeah, we're full guy. Pilot episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. Yeah, right. I was, I was, okay. I was looking at my notes. Obviously, at that point, writing my notes. You, you make notes? I do. Yes, on a tablet you as well. Start doing that. Um, uh, paracetamol. About <laughs> <laughs> about as many notes as you need. <laughs> I, I've I've been. I'll have you know that I prepare for every single episode of this podcast. Now I've got a vision of you just limbering up. Oh, do you like that? No. <laughs> oh, really? You've got a funny colour, Colin. <laughs> bit green around the gills, as they say. Something like that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say up front that I remember very little about The Full Guy. It was one of those shows that um, I maybe caught a couple of episodes here and there throughout the, the years as a kid, but it was never something that I really watched. The only thing that I really remembered about it is the fact that it had Lee Majors in it and that it had Heather Thomas. Because, you know, you got to remember that, aren't you? Yeah, 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 you would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you mean, I would? <laughs> now, Heather Thomas is in, um, had an interesting um, career after she, she quit acting, apparently, because, um, well, she quit partly because she was sick of stalkers. Yeah, yeah, one climbed over a fence with a knife at one point. Very rude. What I mean, you don't have to take a knife for an autograph, do you? Or are you uh... Depends what you want to carve it in. <laughs> That's true. Um, she also um, quit partly to focus on her family and and mm-hmm. a writing career. Now, apparently, she wrote a screenplay that was actually produced called School Slut. Right. Oh, so we know we know what yeah. our next movie is oh. going to be then for the re- for, for the podcast. Yeah, we do. I wondered what you were feverishly looking up. I wonder what you were going to say then. I know. I wasn't feverishly doing anything. Thank you very much. 
Well, your temperature was rising. Well, I am hot stuff, Colin. All right, so shall we get on with the episode? Let's do it. We open with Lee Majors giving a voiceover and setting the premise of the series whilst we see various stunts from some films and, I guess, clips from the episode. Yeah, it's, it's a mixture, isn't it? Yeah. This is a story of one of America's great unsung heroes. I mean, you've seen him, but you never knew who he was. You've cheered for him and cried for him, and women have wanted to die for him. But did he ever get any credit? Or the girl? No, he was what we call a stuntman. And the reason I'm talking so fondly about him is because, well, it's me, Colt Seavers. Anyway, picture work isn't wall-to-wall employment, so maybe you wonder how a guy keeps his head together. And well, one way is to wait by the phone, and wait, and wait. The other is to take on the occasional job for the court system of the United States of America, where a man is considered innocent until proven guilty. Unfortunately, sometimes a lot of these people get out of jail on what we call bail. And they run like hell. That's where I come in. I sometimes pick up rent money trying to find them and bring them back to justice. It could be real interesting work. Ah, I remember one case in particular. The guy used the darndest disguises to keep getting away from me. When I finally caught up with him, well, it gave me quite a kick. Well, thank you for coming in, Mr. Woodward. And um, I'd like to say that, you know, really good, really good. But we're going to go in a different direction for this one, okay? Um... Maybe an American direction. Oh, I thought it's because I was too small. <laughs> well, that's a bit personal again, isn't it? I mean, yeah. something, something <laughs> you want to confess? <laughs> oh. All right. Not to a priest like you. I've seen what you priests do. Monk? Not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a performing monkey. Damn. All right. <laughs> so that was a long ramble, and there's a few things to unpick there. America's unsung heroes? What, other countries don't have stunt people? I guess um, they're not as good. <laughs> and I, oh. Yeah, I know. I'm in trouble, aren't I? All right. <laughs> yeah. Also very male-centric, which considering there's a female stunt person in the show is a bit odd. Yeah, but she doesn't really get to do a stunt, does she? The one, stu- no, the one stunt true. that she's going to do... Um, Colt stops it from happening for reasons. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Also, it feels the need to explain what a stunt person is. I mean, probably because until 1975, stunt people didn't have credits and weren't known. Oh, is that... Oh, right, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's an interesting documentary on BritBox, um, which covers uh, British stuntmen all through the 60s and the 70s. Um, I don't think you've seen it, but, but they... They literally were just people off the street that walked in. They said, oh, can you throw yourself down some stairs? And they're like, yeah, I can do that. All right. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, Paul, do you know which is the first film to credit its stunt artist? No, what was it? It was Rollerball. Well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, there's a lot of stunts in that. Yeah. 90% of the film. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) 10% James Cairn looking for (laughs) Lonely at a ball. Yeah, that's pretty much that, yeah. 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 So we now see a long shot of Los Angeles and an establishing shot of a hospital. Colt is arriving with some flowers that I should point out he's clearly stolen from a vase somewhere nearby. Well, I mean, he's not going to go out and buy real flowers for just for this one moment, is he? Which he knows he, he knows what's coming. That's yeah. true. Yeah. He enters a room. Inside is a man in traction and a nurse. She tells me can't come in to see Mr. Smith. 
but Colt replies it's okay, he's a relative, and just the sound of his voice will ease the patient's pain. Mr. Smith starts to struggle. The nurse says, see, he's already getting upset. Colt says, oh, that's because he can't hear him, and he needs to get closer. The nurse says she'll get an orderly, and leaves. Colt tries to slap some handcuffs on the patient, but is punched backwards by the man. He then reaches under the pillow for a gun. Colt grabs the hand holding the gun and tries to knock it out of his hand by bashing it against his leg cast. Harvey, you've had some good disguises, but this one sure takes the cake. Colt knocks the gun out, but is punched in the face. They fall off the bed and continue fighting. The nurse returns with the orderly, who stands there and does absolutely nothing. Well, he's not going to get involved, is he? This is for the lady you shot in the bank, says Colt, and punches Harvey again. And this is for the officer you ran down in your car. Punch. And this is for me and the three months of aggravation of trying to find you. Colt delivers one last punch that knocks Harvey out. And he stuffs the flowers in the patient's shirt. I knew you'd be real excited to see me. That's a good opening, it right? It really sets the tone for the show, this this entire um, scene. Although, there there is one question that I've got regarding this guy. So, he, he uses... Mm-hmm disguises to avoid capture which is fine i get that but he's in a room in traction which clearly is 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 fake because he's fighting right so yeah did he is how 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 did he how did he work he's in a private room in a hospital i said yeah yeah it's a private room so yeah, because the American hospital system works differently from our British ones, he's paid for that room, and he's probably paid for the nurse. It's probably a private nurse. So you're saying the nurse is in on it? Because someone would have to, like, bandage him up and put him in traction, knowing full well yeah, that there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, and I reckon the orderly's on it too. That's why he didn't do anything. Ah, okay. No, that makes sense. No, yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. not in the movie. That That's not going by the rules that you usually throw at me when we watch a Hammer movie or, or a superhero movie. When, when I try and, and elaborate on something and you say, oh, but that's not in the movie. I can only judge it from what's in the movie. Well, mine's derived from the knowledge of how the hospital system works in America. Your ideas and flights of fancy that you bring to Hammer films and superhero films is just pulled from your ass. <laughs> All right, for, for, <laughs> fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah. And we also learned something about Colt's morality. It isn't really just about the money. No, and that's going to crop up again later, isn't it? Yeah. So we cut to a police station. Colt handcuffs Harvey to the wall and Samantha enters. She congratulates Colt for catching Harvey, as nobody else could. We point out that Samantha is like, oh, a bail bondsman, I guess? Yeah. She puts up the bail yeah. money. Although I have to say that you yeah. know those, those episodes of Dog the Bounty Hunter, people never look like this. I've never seen that show. They, they're a little... Uh, rougher um yeah let's let's go with rougher yeah 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 what's the show called dog the bounty hunter oh so rougher oh very good yes (laughs) is this on (laughs) (laughs) colt just wants his check and he's going to leave but jack says there's paperwork that needs to be done but colt's got no time for paperwork where are you going she asks him to a fire he says we cut to a racetrack and the full guy title appears on screen and while the cars race around the track we get a first glimpse of howie colt's like nephew and yeah i think he's a nephew isn't he oh cousin, cousin. Is he's, he cousin? A, he's something like that isn't he but yeah he's somewhere yeah, like yeah. and he's, he's trying to be i guess colt's assistant but well, he wants to be doesn't he yeah 
And as credits appear, we can hear an instrumental of the theme tune. Colt car crashes and flames break out. Colt's racing suit is on fire as he clambers from the car. From a trailer, we see Jody worriedly watching. An ambulance arrives as the flames on Colt are put out. We hear cut, and we realise this is just a movie stunt being shot. Howie, meanwhile, tries to light a cigar and the flames coming off Colt, who is pushed out of the way. I'm always impressed by fire stunts in, in movies. That takes some bottle, doesn't it, to, to, to immerse yourself in fire like that? It does bottle the gasoline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to hold your breath as well, don't you? Uh, sometimes they have a little breathing apparatus with a tube that goes down the right, suit and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But even that, that, that's dangerous too because you've only got so long you could use it to... The stunt in uh, License to Kill, where he's on fire, he has a briefing apparatus and it goes wrong. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's a, a scurry stunt at the end of that movie, isn't it? That looks That's, that's yeah. not just a fire, that's a conflagration, isn't it? That's a what? Conflagration. See, I've been looking at digging. Ooh, yeah. You haven't? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's, um, there's a funny story about a stunt at the end of um, A Nightmare on Elm Street where they hired this guy who was a bit gung-ho and he was only supposed to be on fire for about five seconds and then drop to the floor like, like you're supposed to and they put you out. But they just kept shooting because he got up, then he ran up the stairs, then he ran back down the stairs, then he fell over and got back up again and then decided, I better lay down now. And they just kept it rolling and that's what's in the movie. Wow. Why did he do that? Because he thought he could. Oh. That's a good enough reason. Yeah. That's that's got you into a lot of trouble in the past. What, set myself on fire? I've never set myself on fire. No, no. No, it's one of the few things you've managed to avoid doing. <laughs> uh, the director tells Colt that it's the most exciting stunt he's seen, then calls for James Coburn to be brought on set. It's revealed that Howie is a relative of Colt's. Colt asks him what he's doing here. Well, it's kind of a long story. Just give me the Reader's Digest version, replies Colt. Meanwhile, Coburn steps out of the trailer with two women, about half his age. <laughs> I don't think the arthritis has uh, completely taken over yet, has it, on James Coburn? It, you look at James Coburn in later movies, he's, he's a, a little bit gnarly, isn't he? I think he probably felt a bit stiff when he was in that trailer. Do you think that Lee Majors just got out his little black book and called up all his pals and asked them, do you, do you want to be in this show? His other little black book, not the other one. His other one, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Coburn thanks Colt for his stunt work, then as they walk away, he comments that stunt people need psychiatric help. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that Howie is supposed to be at an expensive eastern school, but he's left because he feels he has nothing left to learn to be rich and famous like Colt, which Colt scoffs at because he's anything but that. The intro trailer... Yeah, do, yeah, do you think the stuntmen are better paid today than they were back then? I would hope so. I would think so. I mean, they're unionized. Unionized? Unionized. Yeah, they're unionized now. So you would think the weird so. thing. The weird thing is that this is the eighties, and and because we're old, the eighties doesn't feel like it was that long ago or, or that different than the way things are now. But it probably was, wasn't it? Yeah. They enter a trailer, and Jody helps Colt get the racy suit off. They talk about how concerned they were about Colt, but how he's excited to get in all that good stuff and has returned to pay Colt back for putting him through school. He wants to be Colt's manager. You'd be amazed at how many people at my school have heard of you. Colt smiles. Yeah? How many? None. Colt's smile vanishes. Howie continues, to Jody's amusement, that Colt isn't getting any younger, and eventually Colt can move into management and Howie will move into the limelight. 
Can you take a punch? I mean, you've seen Stuntman take a punch, he asks Howie. Howie says, yeah, he was on the Yale boxing team for almost a year, in fact. Punch. Colt knocks Howie out of the trailer. Was that some kind of test you give Stuntman? Asks Howie from the floor. No, that was just me trying to knock your head off. <laughs> do, do you think that Colt's been a little bit unreasonable? I mean, Howie's not really done anything particularly bad, has he? Other than being slightly annoying. Well, he's constantly insulted his age. <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little bit of an overreaction just to punch him in the face. You think? Yeah, well, considering considering that Colt's supposed to be this very moral, upstanding guy that, that, he, mm-hmm. that he turns out to be. He's a bit, a bit, a bit of a bully. Yeah, all right. I guess you could see it that way. But if someone was arguing with you and ripping you on your age, would you punch them in the face? Depends on who they were, Colin. Oh, all right. Yeah, you're too old to punch anybody. <clears throat> well, I wouldn't hit you. You're too far away for a start, so you know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oddly, in this version, we get credits again and the opening theme. Yeah, do you think that this was um, some way to integrate it into the series then? Yes, I I don't think this part was in the pilot originally when they showed it. I think it was added in for syndication and, yes, to bring it in line with the rest of the show. Yeah, Yeah, because the the credits that are at the beginning of the episode, they're like movie credits, aren't they? Yes, yeah, Yeah. and I imagine they couldn't find film elements without the credits, so they had to use them. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Just a bit weird to have two sets of credits in one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. took me by surprise. Mm. Uh, visually, we get stunts from films like Dirty Murray, Crazy Larry, The Stuntman, Silver Streak, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Hot Rock, which is a good film, by the way, Iron Man Flint, The Poseidon Adventure, Speedway and Sky Riders. They're intercut with clips from the show. Yeah, I love that um, stunt from Poseidon Adventure. It's the one where he falls down from the from the chandelier into into all the glass at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, and the camera's uh, right over the top of them. Yeah, it's one of the most famous stunts in movies, that isn't it? It's always yep. talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We reopen with Howie, Jody, and Colt driving up to Colt's house in the hills. It's so far out that Howie thinks they're going to a ranger station. Oddly, Jody's sitting at the back of the truck. You'd throw Howie back there, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only because there's, think... there's only um, it's kind of a two seater, but you could probably squeeze one in the middle, can't you? I'm sure you could. The big cars. Yeah, yeah. 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 You squeeze her in the middle. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, sandwich her in. Yeah, yeah. Double teamer. How is that a Wait. thing? Oh, that's not. <laughs> that's that's... <laughs> that's something else, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> How he thinks they're headed to some how he thinks they're headed to some kind of Hollywood castle. It's clear that he has no idea how much money a stuntman makes. Harry reveals he took a year of a variety of classes. Colt just wants to know what how he got his diploma in. How he is silent. Then accuses Colt of having a bad attitude. He's afraid that a new rooster in town. Colt slams on the brakes and they get out. He leads them to his house. There's no mansion, just a shack that Harry mistakes for a shed. Colt explains that sure. He can make $5,000 in a day, but those days are few and far between. You don't make the kind of money that you go to school for seven years for being a stuntman. Jody tells Colt there's a phone call from Soapy, and he goes in to take it. She tells Howie that whatever Colt tells him he should do, even if it means going back home. Howie misunderstands the relationship between Colt and Jody. 
she tells him that she's just a hired hand. Well, I could think of plenty of things I'd hire you for, and your hands wouldn't even be on the list, says Howie. Jody tells him, unless you want to spend the rest of the night picking up your teeth, you'll watch the way you talk and look at me. Yeah, Harry's got the same way with women that you do, Colin. Oh, that's cheeky. <laughs> None called for. Well, you can't hit me, can you? You're too far away. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Inside, Colt is talking to Samantha about a bail job. But he says he can't do it because Howie is visiting. But because it involves an old friend of Colt's called Country Joe, who punched out his manager and jumped bail, Colt agrees to get him. Howie enters the room dressed like a rodeo cowboy. Whose clothes are they? He's bought them, especially for this. Oh, right, okay, because I was thinking to myself, they're supposed to be Colt's clothes and he's borrowed them. There's no way that his jeans are fitting him because he's like about five inches taller than him. Yeah, no, they're Jody's clothes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Comes out with a nice little cut-off t- um, shirt tied up at the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that for, this is what they're all wearing. I assume he bought them. Yeah, okay. There's also a lot of brown in Colt's place as well, isn't there? Very brown. Yeah, a lot of wood. Yeah, everything's brown. Even the carpet was brown. Although I'm colourblind, but it looked brown to me. Um, no, it was actually bright blue. Oh, well, that explains it then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Colt calls Joe's wife as she says Joe's got mixed up with some new friends and they're responsible for the trouble he's in, but she doesn't know where he is. Colt gets ready to go find him. It's revealed that he carries a gun, but it's filled with blanks. It's just to scare people. You've got, to, you've got to say, haven't you, this is a great setup for a TV series. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's moving so fast and explaining where everybody... I mean, you had the whole narration at the beginning that you did, which explained everything anyway, but yeah, it, it's not wasting any time showing you who these people are and, 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 and what's going to be happening going forward in this show. It's just really well done. Yep. So uh, Howie tags along with Colt, and on the way, Colt explains how the bounty hunting system works. Howie asks what happens if somebody tries to kill him. Colt says he tries to sweet-talk them or rely on some of the tricks of being a stuntman. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how much that would be helpful, but all right. Well, I mean, I guess it means, you know, if you're in a fight, you take how to take a punch and how to shield your stomach. And I suppose. How to, yeah. how to take a fall if you're thrown. Mm-hmm. Suppose. That kind of thing. I mean, obviously, he's not saying because he's a stuntman, he's bulletproof. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of comes across <clears throat> that way, though, doesn't it? I get. Yes, if you if you're a simpleton, it does. <clears throat> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. A car suddenly pulls out front of Colt, swerving along the road. It's driven by an old guy with a young woman with him. They hit a kid on a bicycle, but they don't stop. Colt radios for an ambulance on his CB. He gets out to help the kid, but a doctor is nearby and takes over. And it's Eddie Albert, this guy. Mm, it is, yeah. And he's fantastic in this episode. Oh, you like him? Yeah, he's so um, he's sleazy, but also at the same time, he's kind of he's kind of a bit dim as well, isn't he? And and he's he's not your typical villain. Yeah, he doesn't right. play it that way. I, yeah. Also, we'll talk about it later, but none of that is typical. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. don't you don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. of course. Ed, Ed, the... Eddie Albert, you you know his son quite well. Um, he appears in several episodes of um, 
that TV show, Beauty and the Beast, that you that you that you like. You know. Sorry, what show? Beauty and the Beast. You know, guy lion face lives in the sewers. It it's weird, but there's a part of my mind that's just blank now. Say what? It, it's 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 labelled Beauty and the Beast, and it's just empty, almost like it's been deliberately erased. Have you in some kind of weird science fiction? Have you been abducted again? Way. Not recently. I was going to say they keep giving me back. <laughs> it's because you like the probes, isn't it? Yeah, who doesn't? It... They're, they're a great band. <laughs> punk, punk, weren't they? <laughs> that difficult second the album. Yeah, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're bringing out all the classics here on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a best it of. It is. <laughs> Benedictine's going to get a look in in a minute. <laughs> oh, we can but hope, yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the police station, Samantha arrives. The police sergeant calls her Big Jack. Yes. So that's like a nickname. Yeah. Well, one of her nicknames. <laughs> she pissed off, off too. You still haven't explained. You're going to explain Soapy to me, remember? Yeah, okay. I will. Right. Yeah, yeah. It comes up in a scene. She's here for a guy called Kramer. On the wall is a bail release form for the driver that hit the kid. He's brought out of the jail and this is Kramer. She tells him the rules of being out on bail. And it turns out that Kramer owns a lot of real estate in Arizona and he says he has no intention of leaving town as that would be breaking the rules of the bail. And he's staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Samantha leaves and Kramer makes a call to the woman he was with. Her name's Esther. He tells her he's out of jail. We cut to night and Colt and Howie are still searching for Country Joe. They're checking out some country-themed bars. They enter one called the Palomino. Of course, the Palomino was uh, the spaceship in what, Colin? Ah, the Black Hole. Very good. Which was, uh, we covered in which episode, Paul? Oh, years ago. I can't remember. Yeah. Long time ago. We were were young whippersnappers back then. Yeah, we were, Mm -hmm. weren't we? You had her. Were. In your ears. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I seem to have her everywhere apart from where it counts. Well, it, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to be, me. Be proud of yourself. I am. It doesn't matter to me. Oh, okay. So Colt is told that Country Joe is in the back with some mean-looking friends. He leaves Howie with the waitress while he goes in to talk to Joe. He accidentally walks in on a woman, but then finds Joe about to leave. Joe tells Colt to go away. Then one of the men with Joe also tells Colt to leave, and that he is Joe's new manager. Which one of his turkeys really beat Doc up, which is Joe's manager. Joe tells Colt that Samantha will get her bail money back. Now the guy with Joe says they've been patient enough and drags Joe away. The two heavies and make a move to Colt. He dodges and knocks one through a door and out the window. And then as the other one advances, he pulls his gun out and tells the guy to follow his friend. And this guy jumps out of the window. Back in the bar, Colt punches the guy who said he was Joe's new manager. And a bear brawl breaks out. It's at this point you should have noticed that the entire band in the background are completely blurred out. <laughs> were they really? Is this the thing you were telling me about? Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and have a look at this. Because it's, it is Paul Williams singing Patsy Cline's Crazy. Oh, no, it's Paul Williams. Yeah, so Paul Williams, he... Uh, he wrote a song for the Carpenters. He also wrote Rainbow Connection in the Muppet movie. Yeah, I love... He was an actor yeah, as well. Yeah, I love Paul Williams. He's in one of my favourite films of all time. What film? Phantom of the Paradise. Ah, mm-hmm. all right. So, yes, yeah, so they didn't want to pay him for this DVD 
So they blur him out and they replace the music and they removed him from the credits. Wow. I'm, I'm really going to have to go back and look at this now. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, right. I didn't see that at all. I must have been writing my notes at that point, Colin. Yeah, you did a lot of note writing considering you weren't taking detailed notes at this point. I, 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 I did. I, I was very uh, studious. Mm-hmm. Makes know. a change. Uh, going back over that whole segment that you that you just did, there's a few things that, that I did notice. Mm-hmm. And and this is a thing that happens all the way through this episode, but it was worse in, in the scene with, with the lady that they walk in on. You know, when she tells them to get out. It's some of the worst dubbing I've, I've seen in a long time. There's a, lots of really bad dubbing in this episode where, where it doesn't match mm. with the actor speaking. I didn't really notice. It even happens with, with, the, with the main cast sometimes, particularly in, in, in outdoor shots, because obviously they've had to ADR the, the dialogue. Right. Really yeah. bad. Yeah. Really bad. I wonder why that is. Yeah. I should also point out there is a scene uh, before... At the beginning of the bar room brawl and at the end of the bar room brawl with Paul Williams that was cut out. Ah. Uh, they really didn't want him in it. <laughs> that explains as well, um, because I can't imagine that you'd just get Paul Williams just to sing in the background. Yeah. He was quite a big name, Paul Williams. Right. Still is. Um, the other uh, thing I was going to say, um, we've got a little bit of a Star Trek connection in this episode, haven't we? Yeah, that's right. There's Klingons in the bar. <laughs> Very surprising for a country western bird, but then Klingons are known for the f- fondness for country rock. <laughs> no, the the um, the bad guy with the henchman mm-hmm. is, is his name. Is his name Randy? Is it the the bad guy? I think that's just wishful thinking on your part. <laughs> but he's played by an actor called Percy Rodriguez, who played an admiral in the original Star Trek series. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I also I did laugh at the at the uh, the little fight scene. Um, that guy pretty much Frank Spencer his way right through the door and window, didn't he? He did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's some pretty wild punches being thrown in that bar fight scene as well. That's what bar fights are like, Paul. If you've been in one, you'd know. <laughs> Quite a few of them weren't connecting, but they were. If you get my meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was a fun mm. sequence. The whole that that whole bit was a fun sequence. Yep. Colt runs out after Joe. He grabs onto Joe's Cadillac. He's knocked off but manages to stop Joe. Cops arrive and Colt shows the warrant, but the cops are not interested in taking Joe to the court. They leave Colt, who will now have to spend the night shuffling Joe from jailhouse to the courtroom. But Joe makes a deal. He says he'll hand himself in so the judge will go easy on him. Colt agrees, but will keep Joe's Cadillac as insurance. Mm-hmm. How he's going to drive Joe in the Cadillac to the police station. Colt heads home, but he's followed by the men from earlier. They stop and Colt gets out. He explains to them that Joe isn't in the truck and that he's handing himself in. They don't believe Colt. They have a gun on him and start to beat Colt up. The manager gets back into his car and listens to classical music as we hear Colt being beaten up. It it was interestingly done as well because they focused on just on the music and on the the car stereo and you just hear all all the punches and the grunts in the background. I thought that that was yeah. quite that was quite a different way of doing it. That was quite it, it was quite it was quite atmospheric. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I agree. Although yeah. there is there is not a single mark on Colt when he gets up, other than a little bit of he's, a he's blood. He's, blood. he's, he's got, got a blood little, in little his bit face. of blood coming out the corner of his mouth. Yeah. But he's wearing clothes, Paul. They hit him in the stomach and the body. They okay. didn't mess his face up. Uh, Colt Severs, you don't mess that face up. <laughs> okay, point taken. All right. <laughs> 
They asked Colt, what did Joe give you to let him go? What did he tell you? But Colt doesn't know anything. Colt wants to know what's going on. You just don't do all this over a small-time country singer. But the manager tells his colleagues to shoot Colt with his own gun so the police won't have any clues and dump the gun. What kind of guys are you? You don't shoot a man with his own gun, says Colt, then tries to run away. The guy shoots him in the back and Colt falls. The guy wipes his fingerprints off the gun then drops it near Colt's body. They leave him and Colt gets up. He kisses his gun. Good job there were blanks in there. That whole thing is nicely set up. It's not cheesy or bad. It's very well done. It's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it, it, it's a great example of setting something up and then giving it a nice payoff. Yeah. Later in the episode, yeah. Yeah. Howie drops Joe off at the police station and drives away. Joe makes a call to his wife. He tells her he's turning himself in. She tells him there are men outside and they threaten to kill her and the baby. She tells Joe to run instead. He tells her to pack up and go to her mother's house and then hangs up. Next day, we see Howie driving the Cadillac to Colt's place. Joe is in the bushes watching. When Howie leaves, Joe jumps in the car, drives it away. Country Joe's taking all this quite well, isn't he? I mean, considering that his wife just told him that her life and kids have, been, you know, her kids' lives have been threatened. You know, he's 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 quite blasé about it all, isn't he? Yeah, he didn't seem to like rush to a well. Yeah, I guess there's not what you can do. He hasn't got a car. That's true. That's true at the minute. But he, so he's he going to get the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colt's asleep on the bed. Howie wakes him up and sees that Colt has been beaten up. The phone rings and he grabs it. It's Samantha. She tells Colt that Joe never showed up. But Colt says, don't worry, we've got Joe's car. And that mollifies her. He says he'll drop it off before the end of the day. Right now he has to go and gaffer for a stunt that Jody is doing. But when they get outside, they discover that Joe's car is gone. They get in the truck and as they're driving, Howie asks Colt if he often gets beaten up. Colt says, no, usually I breeze through it. Then what happened last night? Nothing. It went perfectly, replies Colt. That's what you look like after it's gone perfectly? I'm wondering whether this is the uh, sort of a gag that they run through that runs through the whole series, that he always seems to, to spin everything around, that it's the way that it, it's supposed to go. Right. Oh, it's, it's not, all, as bad, not as bad as it looks, you know. Yeah, it's all going according to plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, yeah. Jody calls on the CB. They can't hold the stunt for Colt to arrive, and they've changed it slightly. The director now wants to jump to go through an awning. Colt tells her to cancel it, but she feels she has to go ahead. We cut to Samantha calling Kramer. She tells him that the boy he knocked over has died, and the charges are now manslaughter. She needs more money because now the bond is higher. It was quite shocking when, when the kid died, I thought. In, in, a, in a show that's so light-hearted, and then suddenly this kid's dead. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got, got you in the feels, did it? It did. In the what? As the kids say, in <laughs> the feels. Oh, are you, are you down with the kids on the streets? Is that... Steady. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> I said the streets, not the playground, Colin. So it sounds wrong when you say it. <laughs> It's a great way to um, keep the cost down on a show, isn't it? If you if you just set a lot of it in the studio lot. Yeah, it's always like American shows used to do that. At least one episode in the run would be set in a studio. <laughs> I think right? they did one every season in the A-Team, didn't they? <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, because of Hannibal, of yeah. what he was doing. And then I know there's one in Knight Rider too. Right, yeah. It's a perfect thing to yeah. do. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even Moonlighting did one. They did. They did. And in this, they, they don't even, um, I mean, a lot of the times they would make up a, a, a fake studio, wouldn't they? But no, no, you see the Fox Studio um, logo on everything around them, don't you? Yeah, you don't need to hide it because yeah. everyone else is playing themselves. That's true, that's true. And it's also an easy way of getting a good stunt in mm-hmm. that's got nothing to do with the uh, actual episode. Speaking of stunts, I am quite, I mean, we're what, 20, 25 minutes into this episode now? Mm-hmm. Not going to be a great lot of stunts so far, have they? Apart from the, 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 the fire stunt. The fire stunt, we've had Baron Brawl, we've had a little fight at the beginning. Yeah, we're not... not actual big stunts what do you call a big stunt didn't know you were so you know heck at you i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i call big stunts the stuff we get at the end of the episode that's what i call big stunts. okay all right um so kramer asks mountford to give him three hours and he'll wire the money to her and they'll be at the hotel all evening as soon as he finishes the call he starts packing he gives esther five hundred dollars and tells her to go down to florida she says she can't and she gave her name to the police as a witness. He gives her $1,500. I don't want to ever see your face again, he tells her. It's a bit rude, but all right. Oh, no, it, it was in the episode. That wasn't just me talking to you. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. We cut to the stunt, and Jody's on the roof of a building. She points out that Colt called for a crash bag twice the size of the one that's down there. It is a small bag. It's very small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's rather dangerous. It's like a shopping bag with wind in it. <laughs> Colt arrives and he's not happy. He says the stunt can't go ahead and Jody's only doing it to please the director. He says anybody jumping will miss that bag and hit the cameras. The director calls the woman that's with Jody and tells her to do the stunt instead. And she says Jody is fired. Then Colt makes his way up there and he picks up a stage lamp. He says he'll drop it straight down. If the director is confident, it will hit the bag, then just everybody stay where they are. The director tells the crew that if they move, they're fired, that Colt won't ever work again. As Colt gets ready to drop the lamp, the crew run away, leaving the director and Howie behind. Colt lets go of the lamp. Howie knocks the director out of the way as the lamp misses the bag and crushes the director's chair. Tell Colt I'd like to buy him a drink in my trailer, says the director. It's interesting, this bit, considering just how many accidents there have been just in recent years on film sets. There's been quite a few. Mm, yeah. So I I can imagine that that some directors probably want to cut corners. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, they just want to get the shot done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that attitude, isn't it? Oh, it's not going to happen to me on on my shoot. It'll be be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Samantha discovers that Kramer has done a runner. She calls her office and informs them that Kramer has skipped and to get Colt to her office as soon as possible. And Colt later arrives at Samantha's office with Howie. This is where it's revealed why they call her Soapy. Oh, here we go. Right. There's a lot of build-up for something that's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's because right. her entire life is like a soap opera. Oh. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, I, I, I must have been making my notes then at that line. The notes, the de- detailed notes that you didn't need to be making. I mean, you say detailed. I mean, you know, there's detailed and then there's detailed, isn't there? She tells them about Kramer knocking the kid over and Colton Howie realizes it's the accident that they saw. She explains that Kramer seemed law-abiding and at the time the bail was only $1,500, but the kid died and they raised the charge of the bail money, which she's paid for, but he's gone. 
Colt says that Sulpy falls for every sob story that comes through the door, but now she's out for $100,000 if Kramer isn't brought in. She'll pay Colt 10000 if he brings the guy in. Colt wonders what the catch is, because Samantha always leaves some kind of little surprise out of the conversation until after he's agreed to do the job. Mm-hmm. She hands him expenses and a photo. He takes it and says, This time you made a bad deal, because I'd have gone after this guy for nothing. That's his moral code coming back uh, in there. Yep. And later, if we get our verse of the theme song plays, we see the truck heading to Arizona. Yeah, how many bloody verses are there in this song? 25. 25. <laughs> it's a very long lament. Wouldn't it be interesting if there was a different verse in every episode? That they had to come yeah. up with a new verse for every episode. That'd be quite fun. Yeah, that, it'd be fun, but you, you know that after season one, that would be dropped. Yeah, definitely. And it... And it and it's fine to say that it'd be fun for us to listen to it, but it wouldn't be fun for the person that had to write it. No, no. no. Colt says he's worried about this case because Soapy offered $10,000. Usually stats at, you know, 2500 She knows something they don't. They then start seeing Kramer's name all over town. Kramer Real Estate, Kramer Grain and Feed, Kramer Furniture. Well, it could be really dicey trying to pick up a guy who owns this town. We better make some friends as cult as they stop and get out. Once was a boy named Paul and he was really hairy. Then one day he fell into some goo. So blue. He used to be tall and spelled. Now he's short and really squat. And his father pulls have started to go. No longer wanting to the scene he Tells his stories, a podcaster is what he wants to be. Cracking jokes and being funny, that's what he thought he'd do. But our listeners may possibly disagree. He might tell an innuendo, push a line to it far. Cause he's the unknown podcaster who wants to be a star. Now Colin, he's the other fool and still thinks he's twenty. Can't really carry a tune even though he may go away. Got himself a microphone and a big bad bottle of gin. And he started to ramble and sway all day. We might tell an innuendo, push a line to way far. Cause we're the unknown who just want to be stars So they go on into the bar and this is your typical 80s TV show dive bar, right? It's got country music and Stetsons everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's, a kind of, it's the kind of bar you see all the time in things like Night Rider or The A-Team. So they take a seat and they meet a chatty waitress who talks them into ordering a couple of sangrias. Nice. Mm-hmm. They ask about Kramer, and suddenly she gives them a cold shoulder. Yeah, she does. Two men, meanwhile, who have overheard the conversation, approach. And one of them tells Colt that they're not fans of friends of Kramer around here. Strange. The biggest of the two tells Colt and Harry that they ought to leave town. But Colt quips that they just ordered a big pitcher of drink. The man punches Colt to the floor. 
Harry throws a punch into the man's gut, but he doesn't even flinch. And it looks like he actually connects as well. Yeah. And he just stands there. Yeah, he's probably wearing something. Yeah. Do you, these guys are stunt then? Yeah, I yeah. would say so, yeah. Yeah. So another bar fight breaks out. And it's all done really sort of tongue-in-cheek, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it's got comedic music as well, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it? it does, yeah. Yeah. Colton and Harry get out of there, but the way is blocked suddenly by the waitress, who asks what the hell happened. Colt looks back at the chaos in the bar and tells her, it's a new dance, everybody's doing it. You know, if this was a movie, who would you cast in the Colt Seavers role? Back then. Lee Majors. Would you? Maybe it was a major movie yeah, with, and you, you wanted a big star at the time. Who would you cast? Because I, I can see a particular person doing this at that time and it would be Clint Eastwood. Because don't you think that, oh, don't really? you think that this show has kind of a every which way but loose kind of vibe to it? Oh, uh, yeah. That kind of yeah, Clint Eastwood maybe. movie. Not, I'm not talking like Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking like uh, when you said Clint Eastwood, I was thinking Dirty yeah. Harry. No, no, you know. And I was like, uh, no, I don't see that. You know those kind that. of comedy action movies he made. You know, yeah, Thunderbolt yeah, yeah. and Lightfoot about, kind of feel to it. You know that that kind of thing. Or right. the other one would be about Robert Redford. Robert Redford or Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, definitely Burt Reynolds. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Colton Harry head to a local store just as a woman named Murray Lou is leaving with groceries. She smiles at them as they pass. They ask the owner about Kramer, but he instantly goes back inside and he shuts the door in their faces. Yeah, very bizarre. Kramer's not uh, popular in this town, even though his name seems to be everywhere. Harry thinks that if everyone in the town hates Kramer, then this is going to be an easy job. Yeah. They pass Mary Lou again, who is loading her shopping into her car, and Harry says, leave this to him, because... There was a little bit of chemistry, he thought, as they passed each other a moment ago. Yeah, well, they looked at each other. That was I about mean, it, yeah. That's, yeah that's... <laughs> Everything is all smiles until Harry brings up Kramer again. At which point she says, try the local jail and drives away, running over Harry's foot in the process. Oh, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry assumes that the town must know what Kramer has done and they've already put him in jail. But Colt isn't convinced. Harry tries to tell him that he did a year's psychology at Penn State, so he knows his stuff. He's on the money. Mm-hmm. He's got it. Do you think he was just dreadful at everything? And that's why everything couldn't stick. Yeah, but in his mind, I don't think he he, knew, he thought he was choosing something else. Yeah. He's delusional. Yeah, which, which goes back to my question. Do, do you think there's something wrong with him? <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe. He's just, yeah, yeah. Colt then stops a woman. And her reaction is like, well, hello, when she sees him, isn't it? Yep. It's almost like, finally, a real man. <laughs> it's Colt Seavers. It's Colt Seavers, yes. Well, he's worth $6 million. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She's confused when he tells her that they're looking for the jail. And he asks them if they're new deputies. He mentions Kramer. And she calls Kramer an egg-sucking ferret. That's a bit of a specific insult, isn't it? It's also weird. Do ferrets suck eggs? They'll suck anything, won't they? I don't know. Well, don't you put ferrets down your trousers? So. 
I don't think you have to. I don't think that's a thing that the ferrets are designed for, Paul. <laughs> it doesn't come on the box. <laughs> no, no, it's just not like... You, you know, oh, wait, you got some pants for those ferrets? You need to buy some pants. It comes with ferrets. But, but no. I, I always thought that was a thing. You, 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 there is a thing of sticking... I didn't make that up, did I? You did, people do put ferrets down their trousers. Why? Well, well <laughs> if they like to suck eggs, you know... You know what I'm saying? What? Well, they'll suck anything, no. won't they? Like I said. Apparently. Is a ferret a whippet? Or is a whippet a ferret? Or are they two different things? I don't know what a whippet is. What's a whippet? A whippet's a dog. Oh, is it? Is it? It's like a small greyhound. <laughs> well, you couldn't fit one of those down your trousers, could you? <laughs> I, I don't know what a whippet is. I'm supposed to know what a whippet is. You don't know what a whippet is. <laughs> You're fucking northern. What's that got to do with anything? It's a big, it's a big thing. Whippets and Yorkshire people, Lancashire people. Not, not, not in my world, it isn't. You don't know what a whippet is. I thought a whippet was a ferret. No, it's a, it's, it's a, a dog. dog. One of those. It's a small oh, greyhound. Right, okay. A ferret is a kind of rodent well, type I, thing. No, I know One. what a ferret is, but I didn't know what a whippet was. Oh, are you yeah, sure? Yeah, yeah, they go down your trousers. Yeah. Like I said. No, those are underpants. <laughs> you really are confused. I am. You'd be like, oh, but but that's where you go into Berks and Spencer's. You go, have you got any ferrets? You know. <laughs> I want some ferrets with pictures of boats on. I, 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 if I walked into a pet shop that was uh, run by less reputable owners, I'd be a right mark as I walked in, wouldn't I? We could oh, yeah, we'd be walking out with a ferret on, ferret on a lead. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is going to fix his foot and whip it. Little <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing a bit. I genuinely didn't know what a whip it was. Oh, I know you're not doing oh, okay. a bit. Right. Anyway, back back to the fall guy. She storms away and he's almost run down by a car as she crosses the road. But Harry dives out and saves her. Unfortunately, she takes it the wrong way hitting him and telling him to get off her. Yeah. Then a man comes over and she tells him that Colt and Harry are obviously more of Kramer's goons. Come to town to rip everyone off. Right. And then she drives away. Yell it. Doesn't she yell at him as she's she driving does. away? And we get another yeah. gag where Colt asks Harry if he's okay. And he says it's just a few minor abrasions. And he tells him about when he was a pre-med student. Yeah, so he learned you know, something else mm-hmm. that he didn't stick with. succeed yeah. at. They finally get to the police HQ and they ask the officer, a Sergeant Taggart? His name's, I know his name's Taggart, which was very confusing because he wasn't Scottish. But There's been a murder. <laughs> murder. No, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. You all right? You have a stroke? <laughs> Not yet. Anyway, they ask Taggart, who's standing at the desk, about Kramer before realising that there's a picture of Kramer on the wall. He's the sheriff. Oh, this episode's taking a turn. Colt leaves a message with the officer about an idea he wants to discuss with Kramer, and he and Harry make an, a hasty exit. As they leave, the officer, Taggart, calls over another deputy named Renfro. It's a bit of a strange name. Is what? it? Renfro? Yeah, In it my is, head, right. all I kept thinking about was Renfield from Dracula. I thought, is he going to start eating spiders and flies all of a sudden? Outside... Colt and Harry are walking and discussing the situation that they're in. 
and Colt tells him that he needs to remember that everything looks the darkest just before it becomes completely black. A man after your own heart there, Colin, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cheery yep. fart. That's right, though. Yep. Back in the city, Colt calls Big Jack or Samantha or Soapy or whatever she's called. Or oh, yep, whatever yep. name you're going after. And complains yep. about the fact that she failed to tell him that Kramer was the sheriff and owns half the town. Yep, that was the little thing that she it kept was. to herself. She then tells him that three very large men are also hunting Country Joe, but he says that they'll have to wait until he's dealt with Kramer, although he's even reluctant to continue that job. But Big Jack, or Samantha, or Soapy, lays a guilt trip on him, and he agrees to go on. Which I think is a common thing for the episodes, that she always manages to get Colt to because do Because she, she knows wants. that he's got this strong moral code inside of him. Yeah. Yep. Colt and Howie head back to the bar. Howie asks Colt what he thinks Kramer will do if he finds out why they're really here. He'll have us escorted to the county line and have us buried under it, Colt tells him. That was a good line. There's a lot of good lines in this episode. There is. They're, they're all Lee Majors' good lines, though, aren't they? <laughs> Most of them. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there is, I like the one that Howie does where um, when they're driving at the beginning and Colt says it's the uh, altitude and how he says no it's your attitude uh, yeah that is a good line yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good one but generally the, you are right it is mostly Lee Majors that gets the best yeah. lines although I do think that when um, Eddie Albert's on screen he does kind of, kind of steal it a lot of the time what is it with you and this guy he, he's just interesting to watch is he you like watching him do you I like watching old men yes yeah yeah I've heard that that's why I stare at myself in the mirror all the time, Colin. Yeah, yeah. That's why they, went, they used to call you the wheezer. This wheezing sound. Just watching old men wheeze. Back at the bar, the waitress is less than pleased to see them again. They protest their innocence, and she reluctantly lets them in. Colt tells her that they're not really with Kramer, and she goes on to explain all the crooked deals that Kramer has done to the town, and that's why everybody seems to hate him so much. Yeah. It's all about real estate and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, he did some deal yeah. that people yeah. lost their jobs and mm-hmm. buildings. Yeah, But I suppose you can get away with it if you're the sheriff. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess he was the sheriff first and then he did that. Yeah. We cut to Kramer driving and Taggart is telling him on the radio about the two guys snooping around. Kramer orders them to find them. The police then go and drag Colt and Harry into the station where they confront Kramer. Yep. They talk. This is a really good scene as well, this this scene in the office. It's got your new boyfriend in it. That's why. Your new sugar daddy. You know he's dead, right? So that wouldn't stop you. (laughs) (laughs) It just just makes it trickier. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. But but I've seen your toolkit. I beg your pardon? <laughs> when was it? With your hammer for, for, for prying off coffin lids. Oh, I'm glad you said for prying off coffin lids. <laughs> oh, oh, you're glad that I said that? <laughs> Normally, people wouldn't. <laughs> you come to something when that's a plus <laughs> in your life. <laughs> it really is. There's a tool for every job, you know. Yeah, there's a job for every tool. They talk, and Kramer says that he's never heard of a cult Seavers. Colt tells him not to worry, as he's used to being the unsung hero. Oh, nice. we got a lyric in. Yeah. Colt gives Kramer a story about scouting locations for a movie. 
but Kramer isn't having it at first. Just who are you? he asks. And Colt replies, Burt Reynolds, although he's sometimes Robert Redford. Yeah. Kramer is about to call in the, the funny farm police, isn't he? I think he even says yeah, that, doesn't he? <laughs> We've got a loon here or something, yeah, something he like says, that, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. But Colt explains that he's actually a stuntman who wants to rent the police to stage a high-speed chase. Nice. Kramer still isn't convinced, but Colt gives him a number to call in Hollywood to check out his credentials. Yeah, the Fall Guy Association. That's right. We cut to Colt and Harry, languishing in a jail cell. Harry's a little bit disillusioned with his hero at this point, convinced that on their first adventure together, they're about to die like dogs. And that's his, that's, that's the way right. he puts it. Yeah. Whippets. <laughs> no, ferrets. ferrets. Right. But Colt says he's got a plan, that when Kramer calls the number to check up on Colt, his stuntman credentials will check out. There's no one in town that knows about his sideline as a bounty hunter. And Harry's convinced by this. Yeah, well, it's, it's foolproof. It is. Unfortunately... Unless you've got a fool around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Country Joe, his wife and baby, are on their way into town looking for Colt to help them. Oh, I can mess things up. Good. Later on in the jail, Colt and Harry are released, with Taggart telling them that Kramer will meet them at 8 o'clock at the bar for dinner. So it's later that night at the bar, and Kramer is discussing the deal and the money with Colt and Harry. He wants to know what kind of women will be in this movie he's making, as he likes the ladies a little bit. And we should say that Kramer is surrounded by girls in this scene as well. Right, yep. And we've already seen him with someone half his age That's right. at the beginning of the yeah, episode. And these are all half his age as well, aren't they? Yeah. Thinking on his feet, Harry mentions Dolly Parton, Farrah Fawcett, Ang Margaret, and Lonnie Anderson. Hang on there, says Colt. Lonnie Anderson isn't firm. Not firm, replies Kramer, raising an eyebrow. She looks real good on the TV. Nice, nice misogynistic <laughs> it joke, but it's it funny. It is funny, you can't deny it. Yeah, no. Colt then tells Kramer that for a rehearsal, they need to gather all his deputies together to check out their driving skills. Tomorrow morning, outside the jailhouse. And he'll need a chopper as well. Oh, going to get an axe? Going to get an axe, yes. <laughs> mm. Kramer is a bit suspicious, but eventually agrees to it. Colt is ready to leave when Country Joe's wife enters, carrying her baby. And she says that she urgently needs to talk with him. Kramer thinks that this is some sort of a domestic thing. And he makes his excuses. Yeah, he thinks he's... Yeah, because yeah, he, he, yeah. he basically thinks, oh, his wife's come to find him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, because they've just been talking about that before. That's right. Colt and Harry leave with the wife, and she takes him to Country Joe outside, who tells them that Randy and his goons are hunting him. Back at the hotel, Joe explains that it's all about drugs. His tour bus was being used to sell them and store them, so he got rid of them. And there's some other stuff about blaming him now, and they want him dead. Something like that, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Drugs in tour buses, I think it's been the plot of quite a few TV shows and films. I think so, yeah. Films. yeah. Hey, it's also the plot of that Evil Knievel film. It is, it is. And I'm pretty sure that there, there probably are lots of drugs in tour buses. No. Just the occasional paracetamol. All right, okay. Colt wants Joe and his family to get out of town and head back to LA. Colt asks how Joe found him. And it turns out that Harry had left a message with an answering service explaining where they'd gone. 
Oh, the foolproof plan yeah. just met the fool. Howie says he didn't realise that they'd have to be incognito on this job, and he left a message in case his mother was looking for him. Colt just shakes his head. Yeah, what you gonna do with the boy? Kill him. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, but I mean, he's not really bringing anything to this uh, equation, is he? He's not really uh, helping Colt much. He takes a punch. That's true. You could always fling him at the bad guy, couldn't you? Yeah, uh, you you could fire him like a howitzer. Very good. Howitzer. Yeah, yeah. Howitzer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> swiftly, keep going before people think about it. Back at the station, Taggart is on the phone talking about a missing cat as Colt and Harry are outside with a rope. Right, yep. Colt, 60s Batmans his way up the wall and sneaks inside the locker rooms. Harry's keeping watch outside as more deputies start to arrive. Colt takes a uniform from a locker and sneaks back out. He's about to climb down when he sees the cops below and he goes back inside. And he sneaks past Taggart on the desk just by holding the uniform up in front of his face and saying goodnight. Yeah, it's genius. <laughs> it is, it's quite funny. And in all fairness, Taggart looks like he's about to say something. And the phone rings and distracts him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's got away with it. I mean, I mean, you'd figure like, no one's going to break into a police station. So you, in your mind, you're like, oh, it must be someone you know. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he kind of just dismisses it, doesn't he? Yeah. We cut to Randy and his goons driving into town. They pass Colt and Harry, who are waiting in their truck. Colt is now wearing the police uniform. That's them, Colt tells Harry. Are you sure? He asks. How can I forget? They killed me, Colt says. Yeah. Good. They drive after Randy with the red lights on top of the truck flashing. So it looks like a cop car. Behind. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Randy gets his goon to pull over. Colt in the uniform approaches and he asks for the driver's license. The goon recognises Colt as the man that they already killed. That would be a shock, they would, it? yeah. Meanwhile, Harry attaches a cable to the back of the car. The goon tries to reverse straight at them, but Colt dives out of the way. Yeah. They try to drive away, but the cable is stopping them from leaving. And Colt points his gun through the window of the car at Randy and smiles. And we cut to an ad break. <laughs> <laughs> we do. No, it's the gun again, isn't it? The gun with the with the fake bullets in that they used earlier on him. Yeah. yeah. So it's morning and the police are all lining up their cars outside the jail as the chopper is being flown in. Colt and Harry leave Randy and his goon tied up in their hotel room and they head out. They get to the station just as the chopper lands and Kramer meets them. Colt explains what he wants the officers to do. He'll lead the way south in a car with Deputy Renfro, Renfield or whatever his name is, and he wants to right. see which of the other officers can catch him. Then Kramer will pick him up in the chopper and take him back so he can observe the officers driving. Fair enough. Sounds good. It, it, it all sounds a bit... I mean, if you were Kramer, you, you, you'd be thinking, this doesn't seem right. Don't you think? Yeah, but, but he's blinded by the thought of... Money. Dolly Parton and... That's true. Money Anderson. That's very true. Everyone sets off, and there's lots of tyres squealing and yee-haws going on. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like Friday night at Paul's. <laughs> That's every night. Although it's not tyres that are squealing. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's ferrets. <laughs> oh, whippets. You can't tell. They're trying to get out of my trousers. Ah. They don't like it down there. No. Very damp. How <laughs> he climbs into the truck. Don't look at me like that. And yeah. slowly drives away. And we get this chase scene that has lots of really well shot driving in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like at this point we have a vibe of like a seventies movie like like Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry or Vanishing Point or something. Definitely. And when all the police cars in a minute start to crash and, and try and do jumps and things, it's also a little bit of um, Blues Brothers as well in the back of my mind. But obviously, yeah. that's in a... I'd have gone with Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, d- yeah. Yeah, all that kind of vibe. Yeah. This is this is better than Smokey and the Bandit, though. Well, you don't like Smokey and the Bandit, do you? I, no, I, I tried. And maybe we'll do it one day on the podcast. But I tried a, a while ago to, to, to watch Smokey and the Bandit and it... It was so boring. I found it really dull. Back at the hotel, a maid enters the room and finds Randy and the goon tied up. Meanwhile, the chase is going on, and Colt starts to lose some of the deputies as he pulls some really cool driving moves. He sounded like a, a kid. You were like, real cool driving moves. <laughs> well, they, well, they are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's also telling Renfro at the same time what a great leading man he could be. Yeah, he's, he's buttering him up. He is. And not in a Marilyn Brando way. No. Salted or unsalted? Uh, it's got to be salted, hasn't it? Has it? Well, it will that be. doesn't sound it will, right. be, it will be if you butter him up after <laughs> Marilyn Brando. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. Kramer in the chopper doesn't seem to mind that all these police cars are being trashed. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, well, he's got so much money, maybe it doesn't matter. If, maybe if it's a film company, he'll reimburse him anyway. Well, there is, there is a, a little thing in this that, that calls back to uh, the Highwayman episode that we watched when don't all the police cars in that get trashed and then suddenly loads more of them turn up at the end. And that happens in yeah, this as well. Yeah, this small town has a very large police Seems to, yeah. Force, yeah, it does. And Colt pulls things like driving on two wheels and, of course, the police try it only to crash and turn over. Yeah. And we get carnival music as cults, leading them round and round, creating a dust cloud. Yes, we do, yeah. And then we get a nice slow-motion jump across a, a bit of a pond or whatever it is. Yeah. Finally, Colt pulls over and the chopper lands. Colt tells Renfro to take over and do the best he can. He then pulls a gun on the chopper pilot and tells him to get out before taking off with a bemused Kramer in tow, leaving Renfro looking confused on the ground. Yep. In the chopper, Colt explains what's really going on, but Kramer tells him that he won't get away with it. Back at the station, Randy and his goon inquire after Country Joe. Taggart's less than interested. Renfro calls on the radio, telling Taggart that Colt has kidnapped Kramer and he's heading to the county line. Taggart gets on the radio and tells all his cars to head for the county line to catch Colt. In the chopper, Colt explains who he really is, and he tells him that he'll never forget the day that he saw Kramer run down and kill the kid. Meanwhile... The kid. The kid. No, not Billy the kid. No, the, the a kid. The, the child. The yeah. child, yeah. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? I remember the time you killed Billy the kid. What? <laughs> well, if he was me, a, wasn't there. If he was a kid and his name was Billy, it'd be fine. But, I mean, what are the odds? It would be, yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, well, what are, the, what are the odds that Colt Severs is driving past the... <laughs> 
That's true. The incident when it happens, probably very similar. Uh, almost as, as 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 much as the odds that the doctor turns up w- with his bag right at that moment as well. Did you notice that? Ah, uh, well, no. Well, yeah, but the doctors always carry the bag with them. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, Randy sees Harry ahead in the truck, and they follow. Maybe he wasn't a real doctor. We don't see. We didn't. Maybe that's why the kid died. died. <laughs> we, we didn't see what happened, did we? He like opens his case and a bunch of flowers comes out. That would be a dark moment, wouldn't it? Yeah, not really a doctor, a clown. Very similar. Often get confused. What gives it away? The big red nose. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact his stethoscope honks. It doesn't go to do to do to do. It goes honk honk honk. Like You've got. You've got big feet, haven't you, Doctor? Yeah, I'll see the rest of me. <laughs> you know what they say about people with big feet? Big shoes. Ah, right. That's his, that's, his, that's his clown name, Big Shoes. Big Shoes? Doctor Big Shoes. Doctor Big Shoes? Yeah. I think I've seen him. You know? uh, what he does, he goes, oh, I'm Doctor Big Shoes. And the other person goes, bless you. <laughs> Doctor Big Shoes, bless you. Yeah, yeah, no, I got doing it. it. I, got, I got it. No, I'm yeah. going to do it again. Okay. <laughs> he does it three times. Gets a laugh every time. Round of applause. And then he goes, I'm going to take your temperature. And he pulls out a three-foot thermometer. I'm glad you said thermometer. i got to put that in my mouth. Start going in your mouth, sunshine. <laughs> Dr. Big Shoes. Are you laugh doing, a second. Are you doing your tight three minutes here, Colin? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Oh, well, revolving around a clown that pretends to be a doctor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Come it on would. stage. It would. It would. Hi. It's working yeah. for you, though. It's working. It, it, it is. It's it. Yeah. Ah. Thanks. Colt brings the chopper close to Harry, and he tries to tell him that he's being followed. He makes sort of hand gestures to him, doesn't he? Yeah, it does. Randy's goon starts shooting at Harry, and they all chase each other for a bit. And Kramer starts panicking at all the bullets flying around. Yeah, one of them hits the helicopter he does. in the glass. But Colt lowers a hook from the chopper and he catches Randy's bumper, lifting the car in the air and he flies it away. <laughs> it's really good fun, this, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Car's clearly empty, but it's oh, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still good fun. Yeah. Colt finally drops Randy's car onto the top of a mountain, but they take a couple of shots. And black smoke billows out of the chopper as it flies away, leaving Randy wondering just how they're going to get down. Yeah, because it's it's one of those weird mountains that's just in the uh, middle of nowhere, like a weird pedestal. Yeah, it's like a giant brick, isn't it, in the middle? Of, yeah. yeah. Colt flies the crippled chopper towards the county line as Howie races along below, chased by all the police cars that have appeared. Yeah. Colt tells Kramer that he's going out. And if he doesn't want to follow him, then these two sticks fly the chopper. Kramer just looks at him, saying that he'll crash and die. Don't worry, the explosion will kill you first. Nice. But Kramer doesn't like the idea of that, and he follows Colt's lead. They jump from the chopper into the back of the truck, as the chopper flies into a fake explosion that cuts into a stock footage explosion. Yeah, that's not very good. I'm guessing that there's no blowing up of a helicopter on a TV budget. No, no, but they could have flown, done an Airwolf special where it flies behind a hill and then they yeah. just set off an explosion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good, is it? It, looks, it no. looks a bit rough. 
The truck races towards the county line as Harry asks Colt, Are all your cases like this? No, replies Colt. Sometimes it gets real sticky. Oh. So there's that thing. I... What? <laughs> I'll fix. I'll right. fix. I'll fix. Okay. I thought you were going somewhere then, but you didn't. No. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you know damn well if it was the other way around. Uh, yeah. 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 You know where we'd be. In jail. <laughs> In jail. <laughs> Com- comedy jail. Comedy jail. Where we should have been a long time ago. Anyway, they haven't caught us yet. No. Kramer tells Colt that if he knew he'd go to all this trouble, he'd have turned himself in. Yeah, makes sense. And finally, they pass the county line, forcing the deputies to stop. Renfro radios Taggart to tell him that they've gotten away, and it's the last they'll see of Big John Kramer. Taggart gives a huge whoop. It looks like <laughs> it looks like they couldn't stand the guy after all either. That that's great, isn't it? Mm. I love that bit. Mm-hmm. Did you? Because so, you don't expect it. I mean, maybe the police weren't even really trying. That was I was going to say. Do you think that they were only half-heartedly sort of like chasing? Them? Yeah, yeah. As the truck drives away into the great wide open, the theme tune starts to play again. And at this Lovely. point, I thought, is this the end of the episode? But no, it's not. Oh. Later, we're back at the Fox lot. A blonde woman is rehearsing a car stunt as Jody takes a call from Big Jack, who's looking for Colt. Jody explains that he's in the middle of rehearsing a shot. Harry comes over and takes the call. He asks if he can help. And Jack tells him something about the Rio brothers being spotted. This is another case that she needs him on. But Harry keeps mm. getting the message wrong. Where's Colt, she asks. He should be dropping in at any second, Harry tells her. Suddenly the car screeches up and does a huge jump into a truckload of watermelons. Everyone claps as the blonde woman gets out. It's Colt in a blonde wig and a dress. Yeah, it's a hairy woman. Hairy woman. The way, the way you like them, Colin. <laughs> that was a terrible Christa Burr album. <laughs> As he walks away from the car, he passes the leading lady of the movie, who tells him what a great stunt he's just performed. He pulls off his wig and smiles and says anything for his leading lady. She asks him to come over and asks him if he's taking care of himself. I always do, he replies. No, you don't, she says tenderly. I know you, remember? He smiles and says, well, I guess I better let you go. She squeezes his hand and tells him to be careful. Kissing her hand, he smiles. You too. As he turns to go, she laughs and says, you still have great legs. And this is the Farrah Fawcett cameo. Yeah. And it's, it's it's odd because they'd separated before this was filmed. Yeah, and didn't they want to do it to show that because it had been quite a tabloid divorce, hadn't it, with lots of really bad rumours going around about how, 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 right. how difficult the divorce was. And I think they wanted to prove that they were still fine with each other. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine that this was huge at the time. Yeah. I would think And probably so. a big yeah. shock for audiences because Farrah was huge at this point, wasn't she? Oh, you mean like success-wise? Yes. yes. <laughs> she, she, she looked firm to me. Hey, she was coming off the back of Saturn 3 <laughs> and we all know what a great movie that was. What a successful That's movie true. that was. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a nice scene. It, it's a weird scene to have in your pilot for your TV show, but it's a nice scene. It is, and there's really something going on between them. You can feel it, can't you, on the, on the screen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works really well. It's better than the James Coburn uh, 
cameo at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> well, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked the same without the same dialogue, Paul. <laughs> oh, no. Would have lost a lot of meaning. That would have been up for the books, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it would have been. Harry calls Colt over to the phone, and Jack tells him about the case. He's up for a trip to Hawaii, but says the case sounds a bit dangerous. And as Harry pulls the shoulder of Colt's dress down, and Colt slaps his hand away, we freeze frame. And that's the end of the pilot of The Fall Guy. There we go. Ooh, so, Paul, what did you think of The Fall Guy? Well, like I said, you know that from... The, apart from the old episode of The Fall Guy back in the day, I, I think I hardly ever watched this show. And the only real things I remembered about it were the theme tune, the fact that mm-hmm. it starred Lee Majors, and that it had Heather Thomas in it, mm-hmm. oddly. Yeah. That, yeah. Funny, funny that I remember that, oddly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, especially with your proclivities. I've tucked them in, Colin. <laughs> Watching it now, it was a bit of a weird one for me, this, because... Lee Majors is excellent in it. He's, he drips charm and charisma whenever he's on the screen, and it really fizzes when he's on there, doesn't it? The whole episode. Drips and fizzes? <laughs> <laughs> what a combination. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I like. <laughs> a bit of drip and a bit of fizz. Yeah. Bit of drip. Oh, yeah. Put it together. What do you got? Put that on the poster, couldn't you? Yeah, he drips and he fizzes. I like the premise. It's a great mm-hmm. idea for a weekly TV series. Stunts were great, although I didn't think there was enough of them, but the car stuff at the end with the chopper was all really, really good. Mm-hmm. I really like the light-hearted tone to it all. I mean, it's it's so different than the kind of shows that we get nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's fun. I liked it, but would I watch any more? I don't know. It didn't grab me the same way that things like the A-Team or Airwolf have done and all these rewatches that we do. It's not that I thought it was right. bad. And I enjoyed it while it was there. But it felt like there was something missing. Mm. There was okay. some extra piece that, that should have been there that would have tipped it over as into being a must-see for me where it was just kind of fine. If his truck turned into a plane, would that have won you over? <laughs> well, we've been there and we've done that, haven't we? And it didn't work before, oh, did it? All right. Highway, man. So I'm kind of on the fence with this one a bit. Ooh, wobbling. It, it doesn't fit. It doesn't feel like a hit, but it's definitely not a miss either. No, that's complicated for you. Yeah, so I'm kind of unsure about which way. I, want. I suppose if it's not, if it's definitely not a miss, then it's got to be a hit. Yeah. Do we do we allow? Like middling, I don't think that's an option, pal. Uh, okay, I'll say hit with reservations. Okay. And what did you think of it then? Although I think I know the answer, but go on. It's like you said, it's very light and breezy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like Lee Majors. I like his character in this, and I like I like the world of the stunt people and the films and that intermingling mm-hmm. with real life into the mm-hmm. fiction of the story. I like Eva Thomas. How Howie is a, is an annoying character, but there's there's a for me there's always a line that sometimes characters cross over in that they're supposed to be annoying, but be, they become so annoying that I find them repugnant. But he manages not to cross that line for me, 
And it could be that I'm making allowances because of the show. I'll accept that. But it still works for me. Um, I find it fun. I like the stunt work. I like because it's physical as well. It's not CGI at all. There's mm-hmm. none of that mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah, all that was really good. Yeah. yeah. Truck's nice. Cameos are cool. Um, does it, for me, does it make me want to watch more? Yeah, it does. Yeah, for me. I, I'm going to watch more. Oh, interesting. So for me, it's a hit. No. Well, I mean, we both kind of enjoyed it. You yeah, I just, I just I, enjoyed I, it more I, than yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You made an interesting point about Harry, though. Um, whereas you, you know, it could be that you're making allowances for it. It could just be that, that you just, you, you know, it doesn't irritate you. But I, I would, I think I would find that if that was his shtick for five seasons, I would start to get tired of it quite quickly. Yeah, I think for me though, it's like I've I've built up like a, a defense of dealing with someone who's delusional and thinks they know a lot about <laughs> things and they just talk nonsense, but and they don't really know what they're talking about. I've had experience of that for thirty odd years, so I think Howie is easy to deal with for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea who you're talking about, Colin. No, no, and that, that'd be the reason. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, with that, thank you to our Patreon supporters, and don't forget you can email us at info at retrospectionpodcast.com. You can also visit the site at retrospectionpodcast.com, and you can still message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcast because it really helps. And remember, keep on dodging those punches. Bye. Bye.